Welcome to Church Alive. We're located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey, and we're ready to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome home. Man, come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, walk amongst us. Empower your people. Equip your people. Love on your people today. Teach your people today. God, I'm, I'm going to talk, but I ask you to do the rest. Lord, in the name of Jesus, let faith come alive in this house. Let the fresh rain of the Spirit of God be in this place. Rain on someone weary, Lord. Wait on someone who needs to be touched. Teach someone who needs to be taught. Lift eyes and give insight and wisdom, I pray. Fill this place with your love. Fill it with your grace. Fill our hearts, God, with your mercy. We thank you for it. I know we'll pray this prayer together. Jesus. Speak to my heart, change my life in your powerful name. And everybody said, hey, before you, before you uh, sit, I was, before you stand, before you sit, let's read the word together, Matthew chapter 3. Come on, can we give the worship team a hand as they sit on down? Matthew 3, before you sit, unless you're really tired. One person got that one. Matthew 3 says this. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven itself was opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Father, just again, bless the reading of your word. Let it pierce hearts always in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them I've been praying all week to sit next to you. So we are finishing our series, Giant Slayer. How many of you have been enjoying it? And um, it won't be the end of the series because giants are always lurking, I've found. Giants are always hanging about us. Giants, and you've got to understand that for you to be a giant slayer, it's not just about you, but it is about your family. It is about your generation. It is about even your community. It is about your church. And how many of you men in here have some tools in the, in the, in the shed or in the basement somewhere? All right, it's just wondering. Some of you just went mute. Uh, Jan does as well. Thank you, Jan. She's a farm girl from the West. And uh, is it what I call it? West? Midwest. There we go. The Midwest. And she's as handy as Andy. And, um, but anyway, I'm hoping that this series, what it does do is almost put tools in your tool belt. It'll give you the equipment. It'll give you the tools to take down some of the things that want to take you down. And I'm just praying that at the right time, you'll understand when it's time to break these out. And so let us uh, go over a couple of things today. Week one, we began to talk about how giant slayers 
name their giants. I'm, w- I'm wondering why you're distracted, and, and, and now I realize why. There's a guy with white jeans here, and um, I don't even know you're allowed white jeans in church. Um, however, supposedly you're allowed white jeans and so forth. Um, but anyway, we are fixing victory signs. How many need a little fixing of your victory sign? Amen. Thank you, Mark. Mark was just in the Philippines for one month. Give him a hand. <laughs> All right, can we, can we get on with it? Are we ready to get on with it? I was, I was wondering why everyone had ADD this morning. <laughs> okay, all you ADD people, come back. Just focus. It's okay. You can have a pill after the service, all right? <laughs> Didn't like that one. But giant slayers, say it with me, name their giants. When a giant is faceless and nameless, you cannot, cannot beat him when you name him and drag him into the light. That's when you can take that thing down that wants to take down your marriage, that wants to take down your family. The second thing we talked about in the principle and the tool in the tool bag, so to speak, is that giant slayers are very careful to watch the condition of their heart. For out of the heart and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you don't just have to guard your heart, but you have to guard your mind. Someone say amen. And you've got to understand that it is God's job if we'll let Him to clean our heart. But it is our job to protect our heart. And the way that we do that is by protecting our mind. When you protect your mind, you'll protect what sits in your heart. Say yes if you're with me. Come on, if you uh, respond better, I'll preach better, I promise. But I want to talk to you about this. Giant slayers are empowered by the ultimate giant slayer. And before I get into that, I want to show a quick video. And, uh, and I think even though it's, it's not Christmas time, you'll enjoy it. Isn't it interesting that if someone was to tell you a lie about someone for the rest of your life, you might believe it. You might look at that person very, very differently. Doesn't matter if it's true. If I was to sell, tell you something that was very bad about a certain person for the rest of your days, you might avoid that person. They might be the greatest person in the world. And what's interesting about this movie as that is that the guy that um, he made him very suspicious of was actually the guy that came along and helped him. And at the end of the movie, that old man actually saved Macaulay Little Kelkin, right? He comes along with the power to actually take down the the, the wet bandits that were actually going to destroy his life. And I would actually say to you this, that the devil has worked very hard on you and me to make you suspicious of three things. The first thing is church. When you think of church, when I say the word church, when you say to a non-church person the word church, what image comes to mind? Often dull, often boring, often uh, it's just all rules and regulations and so forth. And I tell you that I think the devil's work very hard to work against you on the second thing, and that's men of God. Men of God, I don't want to trust that person. Oh man, that person's all fake, or that person's all about money and so forth. The third thing, and I think he's worked exceptionally hard in certain church circles, is that he wants to make you suspicious of the person of the Holy Spirit. You got to understand that in certain church circles, they avoid him. In certain church circles, they probably talk about him too, too much. So I want us to, man, I could spend a month 
talking on the Holy Spirit, a six-week series talking on the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to try to condense it, make it applicable to everyone's life, and just some of you are going to get informed for the first time. Others are going to get encouraged, and others, but I'm just praying that everyone leaves with the greatest sense of, man, I need the Holy Spirit working in my life. Man, I want to be open and hungry for the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So I want to talk about who is He, what does He do, and what should be our response to Him today. Who is He? What does he do and what should our response to him be? We began to see in Matthew chapter 3 that we saw the Father speaking from heaven. We saw the Son getting baptized and then we saw the Holy Spirit. The Bible says descending like a dove. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. He just came down like a dove. The best way that I can give you a picture of the Trinity, which is quite a complex, very complex for our small little minds, if, if you're really honest, of the Trinity is if I give you a picture of the sun. Throw up the sun. This is the physical sun. If we travel eight minutes in light year speed, we'll get to the sun. However, light comes from the sun. And show a picture of light. You see the sun shining light to earth. And then all of a sudden, you'll also fee, uh, feel the heat of the sun and show the next picture. And I would say that if you say location-wise, the sun is like the Father. The light is Jesus. He is the light of the world, giving light to every man. And the heat that you feel is the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Right? The Father is in heaven. The Son is at the right hand of the Father, and the Holy Spirit is on earth. And I would actually say this to every single person here. If you are resistant to the Holy Spirit, you're not just resistant to the Holy Spirit, you're resistant to God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is God. Are you with me? You are a body, a soul, and a spirit. You are triune. Why? You are made in the image and the likeness of God. And He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Are you with me? John chapter 14, I'm going to teach a fair bit today. This would be a great time to write down some notes. And if you're not, write them down anyway. John 14, 26, Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. He said, but when the Father sends the advocate, the, this word advocate was used five times in Scripture, four times was all about the person of the Holy Spirit. As my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Two things you've got to know about the Holy Spirit. He's God and He is an advocate. What is an advocate? It's a person that comes alongside you to help you in your divine mission. How many of you need some help? How many need some help just living the Christian life? If we ignore and almost refuse and, and reject the Holy Spirit, you don't understand we are rejecting the person who's going to help us. Does that make sense? Man, He is with us right now. When we say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, in essence, theologically speaking, we're actually saying, Holy Spirit, come in. And the devil wants you suspicious of the Holy Spirit. You've got to understand, there's some people who are weird. Have you ever met anyone weird? Yeah, you have. Of course you have. And so sometimes when people do weird things, you're like, oh, the Holy Spirit's weird. That's how those people are weird. Make sense? And so you can get weird people in any environment. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's weird. It sometimes just means someone's weird. Amen? John 16. But when he, verse 13, the Spirit of what? Come on, the Spirit of what? But when He, the Spirit of truth, He's the Spirit of God, He is an advocate, He is the Spirit of truth. 
He will guide you where into all what? The truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit is referred to as the spirit of truth, the spirit of grace, the spirit of prayer. And in Romans 8, he is referred to as the spirit of life itself. How many wants some more life? Come on, someone say amen. Who is he? He's the third person of the Godhead, but he's our advocate. He is our helper. I'll put it this way. If you can have a nice looking car, beautiful looking car, you're like, man, look at this car. But you ain't got no gas in the tank. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Some of you might be living your Christian life on empty. And you're pressing on the accelerator. And you go, why isn't this working? You've got to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The life of the Spirit. If the Spirit of Him who rose Jesus from the dead lives in you, then He who rose Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body through His Spirit who lives in you. Someone say amen. Someone say, He is my friend. If anything you leave this place with, I would want to tell you the Holy Spirit wants to be your friend. We often say, I am a friend of God. What does he do? I'm going to give you eight things that the Holy Spirit does. This is many point day, many point Sunday. What does he do? Number one, he draws you to Jesus. You can't come to Jesus unless the Holy Spirit is drawing your heart. You can resist the Holy Spirit. You can reject the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, do you realize when you say God's working on your heart, it's the Spirit of God working on your heart, drawing you to Jesus. Every time I open the Scripture, I like to pray, Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I might see your Word. Why? Because I don't just want to meet with a book. I want to meet with a person. Does that make sense? He points you to Jesus. Number two, He seals you at salvation. The moment you trust in Christ, the Bible actually says there is a seal put on you and the seal is the person of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter one tells us, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, the gospel is means good news. When you believe, someone say when, you believed. You, when you believed, we don't work our way to heaven, we believe our way to heaven. You are marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. This is why I'd actually tell you that one of the dangers if you grew up in a very heavy, certain Pentecostal churches, if you're on fire from God um, and you fell over and said an F word on the way down and then you died, you'd almost go to hell. No, the Holy Spirit seals you for salvation. Does that make sense? You are saved by grace through faith. Amen? Otherwise, you are actually working your way to heaven instead of trusting on the grace of God to get you to heaven. He seals you with the Holy Spirit. Someone say amen. 1 Corinthians 6, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Could you imagine if the Holy Spirit was living in you for 30 years and you never talked to Him? He's like hanging out. I'm kind of wanting to talk to you today. You could be doing the dishes. 
Thank you, God, you're with me right now. Driving your car, thank you, God, you're with me right now. You're with me through the tough times. You're with me through the good times. You're with me through the joyful moments. You're with me through the laughing moments. You're with me at all times. Amen? Three, he guides your life. The Holy Spirit is a guide, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He guides you in moments of moments like this. When you are hearing the Word of God, there will be some moments where He will take something from the Scripture and make it alive to you. And as you honor what He speaks to you, He will guide you more. Jesus actually said these words, if you heed my teaching, I'll basically give you more. I'm giving you a paraphrase of it. But if you honor what He says, there will be a greater portion where He can give to you later. Does that make sense? You need to be part of a connect group where you get around other people and they're growing. Why? Because wise counsel comes out of that, right? You need to be around the right kind of people. Wise counsel comes. I will sometimes have maybe a dream and the Holy Spirit, I've noticed, I'll write down some dreams. I'll often say, God, is this a dream of you? Is this something you need to let me know on? And I've found the Holy Spirit's often trying to guide me. Sometimes He'll tell you to slow down and sometimes He'll tell you to speed on and up. Sometimes He'll deal with your motives. But he will guide you. Now here, I do, I do want to say this. Listen, it is also dangerous to some extent saying you are guided by the Holy Spirit. This is where it is critical that you know the Word of God. And you can't just be Bible boy all by yourself. God has created in the church the apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers for the protection of the house of God. And so, listen, you don't just be, don't, don't trust people, just prophets out on their own. No, you need to be planted and healthy in a house of God, right? That's where there is wisdom and protection for everyone I've ever known who's heard the voice of God at some time has actually got it wrong. And that's okay as long as you keep on moving forward and keep on growing in the grace of God. Are you with me? A prayerful, word-abiding Christian will receive guidance from the Holy Spirit. Number four, He empowers you to witness. He empowers you to tell your story. What is God doing in your life? Let it be fresh and new in your life. And when it's fresh and new in your life, you can say to someone, man, God's been doing this in my life. Oh man, I've been praying for this and this happened. Acts 1.8 says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll receive petrol or gasoline to go in your car to help you drive where you need to go. If you were trying to cross a desert, would you rather go by yourself or with a camel? I don't want to refer the Holy Spirit to a camel, but what I'm saying is there's power. Amen? He comes in you at salvation. He comes on you at that moment of the baptism of the Spirit, where there is a coming in at salvation, coming on to empower for ministry. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It literally means to clothe someone in power. John 7, 38, He who believes in me from his belly shall flow rivers of living water. God doesn't just want the Holy Spirit coming in you and on you. He he wants the Holy Spirit flowing through you. Amen? How many want to do great things for God? Come on, how many want to do great things for God? Come on, let's be a church that believes that we can 
through God, do great things. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not our power, it's His power. But we're going to tap into His power through His Word, through the Spirit, through the gifts and the grace that is on your life. Number five, He produces in you the character of a Christian. You ever met a Christian and they just don't act like a Christian? And sometimes they're really religious, but they're sucking on lemons. Bless God, I'm going to church again. (laughs) Okay, it's good, man, but you might need a pharisectomy and have a Holy Spirit infusion. Amen? Because the fruit of the Spirit, listen to this, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Let's just go with the first three. How many of you would love more love, joy, and peace in your life? How many marriages you would need a little more love, joy, and peace in your marriage? I'll tell you, abide in Christ and that will flow out of you. Amen? But remember this, some fruit's coming out of you anyway, isn't it? So it might as well be the good stuff. If love's not flowing out of you, lust is going to flow out of you. Bitterness is going to flow out. Control, manipulation, weird stuff is going to flow out of you. If joy is not flowing out of you, you'll be happy and clappy and bursting with love for a moment and then you're sad. If peace isn't flowing out of you, what do you, you'll be worried, right? I'm worried about this. My mother was a real worry wart. My grandmother was a worry wart. And I'm a worry wart. Hopefully that's none of you men in the house saying that. (laughs) You're going to make faults and you're going to make failures and so forth, but if you keep abiding, you'll bear good things. Number six, he gives you gifts to fulfill the call. Each and every single one of you have a call on your life. Every single one of you has something God wants you to do. You are not here by accident. You are here for a divine reason. God has something for you to do. God has something for you to contribute. Here's what I've noticed about the gifts of God. The gifts of God bring me satisfaction, but it's never about me. I actually get quite satisfied when I preach in front of people. It's quite satisfying. However, preaching is not about me. And the gifts that God puts in you and on you, they will actually make you quite satisfied, yet it's not about you. If you have a business gift in the house, that probably means you're going to succeed. However, God will actually, that'll cause you great satisfaction and even some success. But know that as you connect to God and go, oh, maybe if I have a business gift, I have a gift of generosity. And then that actually flows out of you. Amen? Come on, amen? There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Literally means He gives them. He's Santa Claus giving you gifts. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures, and these are more the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. There are practical gifts of the Spirit. You'll find them in Ephesians 4 and Romans 12. Um, But in 1 Corinthians 12, it begins to talk about some of the power gifts that He wants to give the body of Christ. Now, to each one, the manifestation or expression of the Spirit is given for the common good. Someone say, for the good. 
To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, divine, in essence, wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge. That means someone knows something that they did not know or could not know. Uh, By means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. There is a gift of faith. And the gift of faith can believe God in all kinds of different situations and circumstances. The gift of faith can, can, can believe God for literally millions of dollars. The gift of faith can believe God for miracles. The gift of faith is an incredible thing. The Bible actually then says to another um, miraculous powers, to another prophecy, encouraging, speaking a, a sense of the, the, the prophetic over someone, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretations of tongues. All these are the work of what? The, of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So never despise the gift that God has put on your life. Don't don't envy other gifts, right? Don't lust after other gifts. God has given you unique gifts. And if you look at everyone else's gifts, you won't use your gifts. But all of us need to be using our gifts. Amen? Number seven, He empowers you to fulfill the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verse 18, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Authority means power. And so he empowers you to help other people. How many want to see other people come to Jesus? Right? That takes the power of the Holy Spirit. How many would like to see someone find Jesus, but then those growing in Jesus help them along a little bit of a different track and help them get discipled? Right? That takes power to do it. Spiritual power. Right? We give God our car, our engine, our gifts. And then we say, God, would you fill it with your power? Would you fill it with your love? Would you fill it with your grace? Amen. Who is the Holy Spirit? Number two, what does he do? Number three, what is our response to the Holy Spirit? Man, the devil wants you suspicious of the Holy Spirit. The devil wants you thinking about, oh, that's weird. No, the Holy Spirit is awesome. The Holy Spirit's actually beautiful. In the scriptures, actually, the Holy Spirit shows a lot of emotion. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can upset the Holy Spirit. We want to honor the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, I love this verse. It says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Someone say fellowship. That word fellowship simply means friendship. Fellowship means a closeness to someone. When you're close to someone, you hang out with them, right? When you're close to someone, hey, let's, we haven't hung out in a while. Let's get together again. How we need a, a deeper friendship with God. How we need a deeper friendship with the Holy Spirit. Luke 11 says this, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? What a weirdo father that would be. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You might be asking for all kinds of things, asking for this blessing and that blessing. 
But do you ever ask for more of the Holy Spirit? My prayer for this week for our church was, God, I pray that every single person in this place leaves more filled than they came in. In Acts 1, Jesus said, wait for it. In Acts 2, he poured it out. But in Acts 3, in Acts 4, in Acts 8, in Acts 10, in all kinds of different times, the, new, the Christians of that day were again, they went to the gas tank of the Holy Spirit and they got refilled again. Right? If your spiritual experience feels dry, I want to tell you, you need to be refilled again. Right? If you feel like your spiritual experience is growing great and your faith is going great, that doesn't matter. You need to be filled again. Amen? If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're kind of like, oh, that seems weird. Man, I want to tell you, some of the greatest experiences of the Christian life is actually just experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit. He wants to show up, doesn't he? As we kind of end this series on Giant Slayer, I pray that all of us will be really good at naming our giants. I pray we'll be really good at guarding our minds and our hearts. But I hope that this week you leave and think, man, the Holy Spirit, he wants to be my friend. And you just cultivate that. And sometimes you'll lose sight of it. And then you'll remember it again. And sometimes you'll go, oh, yeah, I forgot. You are with me, God. And then a month later or a week later or something like that, you're like, oh, that's right. You're here. How many love a church service when all of a sudden you're like, wow, God was here? That was actually because you became more aware. See, he's already here. You just became more aware of him. You tapped into, oh, he's here. Um. Years ago, I had a unique, I think, unusual experience. All of a sudden, I went to bed, and um, I was spending a lot of time with the Lord at that time. I was, I don't know, 19 or 20. I was just spending time with the Lord every day and so forth. And I was having communion a lot, actually, just as my devotional time. I'd read the Bible, I'd listen to worship, and then I'd actually personally just take communion. And um, anyway, one day, I lay down. And all of a sudden, I just sensed God. Like literally, it was like the Holy Spirit was sitting next to me. And I was just like, I didn't see him, but I was like feeling him. And I was just like, oh man. It was this moment, honestly. And it was like something was wrong. And I just had this weird emotion of like, it was like he was sad or something like that. And I literally said, like, Holy Spirit, what's wrong? I know this sounds weird, but stay with me. Like I knew it, Holy Spirit people are weird. I was like, what's wrong? And I just followed the Lord speak to my heart and said, that's how I feel when I ask people to pray and they don't. That's how I feel when I lead someone to do something and they don't do it. And I was like, oh, forgive me, Lord, where you've led me to do things when I ignored you. Forgive me where I thought about praying for someone or thought about sacrificing and not realizing that the person of the Holy Spirit was there all along. You know, I had an interesting, I believe sometimes the Holy Spirit will show something to you. 
in a moment. Church service, maybe. Uh, the other night I had a dream, and I don't know why I dream. And when I dream, uh, I feel like when they're God's dreams, um, it's always a famous preacher. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, that's the way God seems to do it. I could probably list off 10 famous preachers that I've had dreams of, and all of them are basically nudging me to do something. And I feel like that's the Holy Spirit. Using a man of God who represents a certain truth of God to impart life into me. I don't know if you're open to the Holy Spirit. He wants to heal some things that have never been healed. He wants to touch you deeper sometimes than you've ever been touched before. He wants your worship time to be rich. He wants to anoint you in the practical and in the spiritual moments of your life. He's real. He'll make Jesus real to you. He'll make the, 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 the mission that God has for you real for you. He will not illuminate himself. He will always illuminate Jesus. He will illuminate your mind and heart. He is our source of strength for the Christian. We cannot do it without him. A preacher preaching without the presence of the Holy Spirit coming is dangerous. A worship team worshiping without the presence of the Holy Spirit is dangerous. Any gift that doesn't have the unction of the Holy Spirit on it, we need Him. Jesus said in Matthew 5 verse 6, if you hunger and thirst for Him, you'll be filled. If you hunger and thirst for Him, you'll be filled. If you honor His presence, He'll come more. In your personal world, in church time, if you honor the presence, doesn't mean worship has to go for two hours. We always think of the non-Christian here. But man, I believe that every time people walk into this church, I believe if we'll honor the presence of the Holy Spirit in our moments, and what do I mean not going longer? I mean showing up maybe on time. Um, I, I know God will move more in this house if we'll be here ready. If you're not a Christian in this place, man, He's drawing you right now. If you've never met Him, He's drawing you right now. And today at the end of church, we're going to have a moment where we're going to have our prayer team come and just pray for people. And I just pray that anyone, anyone who needs prayer would come forward and say, man, I just need a fresh touch. I just need, maybe I'm struggling with something. Um, I've, I need the gifts of the Spirit operation in my life. I'm hungry. I know there's more of God. Man, I just pray that God will move mountains in our lives this morning. Amen. In a moment. I'm going to pray a quick prayer, as I always do. It's a quick prayer, but it's probably the most important prayer you'll ever pray. One day, a man looked at Jesus and said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, would you remember me nine words and it changed his world? If you're far away from God or you've never said yes to Jesus, today you can say yes to Jesus and he will say, you'll be with me in paradise. Close your eyes for a moment.
The reality of the Christian experience is that you have the Holy Spirit, not you come to church. If you're in here today and you know that you're empty, if you're in here today and you know that you don't actually know God, in a moment we're going to pray a prayer. And I'm asking that you join us in that prayer. And by faith you'll turn to God and say, God, I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. But I'm asking that you pour out your Holy Spirit in my heart and my life. Change me to follow Jesus. If you've never done that, today you can do that. If you've ran away from God, my friend, he's not mad at you. He's mad about you. If you'll start making steps toward God, God will start running towards you. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God wants to save you if you're not. In this place, right here, right now, let's pray a simple faith-filled prayer together, opening our heart to Jesus asking him to come in and grant us everlasting life. Come on, why don't we pray this prayer? Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I know you made me. I've been running from you. Today I step towards you. I put my trust in you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my very best friend. Just in a moment, just to honor those guests who did that maybe for the first time. If you're here today and you did that, slip up your hand real high. Say, Anthony, I did that. I said yes to Jesus right here, right now. I'm far away from God and I accepted him for the first time. Come on all across the place. Put up your hand, put up real high. Say, man, that was me today. Anyone here? Real quick. Say yes. Come on. Anyone here? Thank you, mate. Thank you, man. It's awesome. Anyone else? Hands going up. So good to see. Anyone else? Thank you, sweetie. That's awesome. Why don't you put your hand up and put it down? Not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you and for you. Anyone else? I saw three hands. Anyone else? Real quick. Say, hey, I prayed that today. I came back to Jesus today. Thank you. One more. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's pray now, Lord, that every person who needs to receive prayer today, every person that just needs a fresh touch, every person that you want to pour out your spirit upon in a unique way, in a different way, Father, in the way that they need it, where they need healing in their soul, or God, where they just need renewal in their faith, I pray that you would draw them by the power of the Holy Spirit and your power and your love and your grace and your compassion would be so evident as people respond and get prayer today. In Jesus' name. Hey guys, Pastor Anthony here. Hope so much that this message just impacted your life in an amazing way. If it did, feel free to share it on one of the social media outlets. And if it really impacted you, feel free to also email us at connect at churchalive.tv. Stay connected online and on our website. We'd love to have you in either Clifton or Rutherford. See you soon.